everyone. Welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible study author, adventure junkie, and founder of Voice of the Voiceless, empowering women in Africa. Join me here every week for inspiring conversations on discovering miracles in life's messy moments. Here's this week's episode. Today's episode is sponsored by Princess of Shea. Princess of Shea is a luxury plant-based skincare brand. They specialize in whipped face and body butters. Their values are quality skincare with the effectiveness of expensive store brand moisturizers, but without the harsh chemicals and toxins. Ingredients you can pronounce from a source you can trust. They have signature creams that are formulated with organic oils and raw exotic butters. All of their signature whipped body butters contain ingredients that have ultra-moisturizing, skin-softening, and anti-aging powers. They also offer custom orders and small batch creations to ensure that each product is personal, intimate, and fresh. You can find Princess of Shea at Princess of Shea on Instagram and Princess of Shea on Facebook or visit their website, princessofshea.com, to start your journey to healthy, glowing skin. Princess of Shea is one of my absolute favorite skincare brands. Hey guys, welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. I am truly honored that you choose to join the conversation as we discover miracles and life's messy moments. And that's exactly what we're going to do this week with my special guests, Tracy Miles and Jody Dietrich. They are amazing women of God. And Tracy Miles has just released a brand new book called Living Unbroken. She shares candidly about her painful divorce and what God showed her through it and how we can live unbroken no matter what we might have gone through or currently be going through. And then Dr. Jody Dietrich is the author of The Jesus-Hearted Woman, one of my favorite books of all time, and now The Settled Soul. And I'm currently going through that as my Bible study for the beginning of 2021. So make sure that you join me this week on Wednesday and Friday for those powerful episodes. And then today is the conclusion of our four-part series, Living from Desert to destiny. We've talked about Elijah, we've talked about Ruth, we've talked about the life of Jesus and how their desert experiences help us to know how to walk through ours. And today I want to look at the life of David. It was actually while I was studying The Settled Soul by Jody Dietrich that God deposited these thoughts into my heart that I want to share with you today. But before I do that, I want to make sure that you've had an opportunity to register for the World Women's Wholeness Summit. It's just around the corner, March 5th through 7th. I'm actually going to be at the live event in Raleigh, North Carolina, and it is just going to be extraordinary. But if you can't join us in person in either Raleigh or Modesto, California, you can go right online and you can look right at my website, angeladonadio.com, and click on the 3W Summit right on the homepage. You can actually sign up for free or you can get the all access pass, which enables you to listen to all 80 of the dynamic speakers anytime you want at your convenience. I'm so honored to be a part of this lineup, including Darlene Check and Jenny Weaver and Carrie McLeod. It is just going to be extraordinary. 
Well, today I want us to dive into 1 Samuel chapter 17, and this is a story of David and Goliath. It might be familiar to some of you, but I hope that we glean some new insights from these familiar verses today. If it's not familiar to you, it's an amazing story, and I just know God is going to speak to you as we dig into his word today. The story opens with the Philistine army set against the Israelite army and Saul and the Israelites had assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. It says in verse 3 that the Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with a valley between them. A champion named Goliath who was from Gath came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and he wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels on his legs. He wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went out in front of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? And I'm, am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistines said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. All right, so let me back up for a minute and explain what all those figures mean. And you're thinking, I don't know how much all that stuff weighs. I don't even understand exactly what we're talking about yet. So the Philistines have gathered their forces for war. And they send out their champion, who is named Goliath. He's a record of basically an undefeated warrior. And his armor weighs 125 pounds. He has a bronze helmet, his legs are in bronze, he's got a spear, and that point alone on that spear weighed 15 pounds. So I want you to think about the intimidation that he is bringing against the Israelites, the people of God. He's, he's breathing out threats against them. He is leaving them dismayed. They're fleeing. They're, they're just literally experiencing a loss of faith. And he screams at them, give me a man, send somebody that you think could take me on. I love these next two little words that introduce our hero of the story. Now, David. Now he's not there, he's not on the battle lines, he really has no idea what is going on and that is because he was the son of Jesse and he's from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons and in Saul's time, he was well advanced in years. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The firstborn was Eliab, the second Abinadab, and the third Shema, and David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David was back and forth from Saul to tend to his father's sheep at Bethlehem. So picture David is a young boy, perhaps a teenager at this point, 15, 16 years old, and he is tending his sheep on the backside of a desert. I have been there in Israel and stood right there at the place that David tended the sheep. It's the very place that we talked about with Ruth where she ended up meeting Boaz. And it's the same field where the angels appeared to the shepherds to announce the birth of the Messiah. We'll look at this in verse 16. It says, For 40 days... 
the Philistine came forward every morning and every evening, and he took his stand. 40 days. He has been terrorizing these people every morning and every evening. I don't know about you, but coming off of 2020, even into 2021, if we're not careful, we had to be intentional about fighting off this anxiety, this worry that we have every morning and every evening about what is going on around us, the pandemic that never seems to be ending. I have loved ones as we speak that are ill with COVID. And so every morning and evening, the enemy comes and he tries to taunt us with intimidation, with threats to try to derail us, to distract us, to get us off task. And this is going on here for 40 days. And it says, Jesse said to his son, David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along this cheese, you know, to the commander of the unit. Basically, hey, go carry all this food to your brothers that are fighting. Notice he doesn't say, hey, why don't you go join your brothers in the fight? Why don't you go help against Goliath? He doesn't even apparently see that David would be a potential warrior against Goliath. He says, see how your brothers are doing and bring back some assurance from them. There was Saul and all the men of Israel in the Valley of Elah fighting against the Philistine. So it says early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up and set out just as, as, as Jesse had directed him. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines against each other. David left his things with the keeper of the supplies, ran to the battle lines, and he greeted his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance, and this time David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, meaning Goliath, they all ran from him in great fear. All right, so this is the interesting position that David finds himself in. He shows up simply to bring food, and he's introduced to the champion of the Philistine army. You know, at first glance, the backside of a desert seems like an unlikely place for God to find you. But we don't have to be intimidated by the enemy that is in front of us or what is around us. Think about Moses. Think about Abraham who found themselves in desert situations. But if we know that God is with us, we don't have to be intimidated. For 40 days, he has he has just completely annihilated the courage of the Israelites. And it says David shows up on the scene. You know, his own dad didn't even consider him worthy of battle. But it says David left the desert where he's been tending his sheep to feed his brothers. And I have to stop and ask, where have you been tending? What have you been watching over? What have you been stewarding right now? Maybe this seems like such a difficult season. It has been for me and I know for so many others. But what is it God has asked you to tend to? Maybe it's just our own souls right now to make sure that we're not bruised, that we're not becoming disillusioned or disappointed with God in this difficult time that we've all been walking through. You know, David chooses to serve his brothers. He chooses to do this with gladness and to come with a willing heart. You know, he could have been frustrated and bitter and felt like, well, why was I overlooked or forgotten out here? And I'm just, you know, wasting my life away in a wilderness. But that is not David's heart. That is not 
his posture. And so that's the very reason that God can use him. I think about 2020 and even into this these first few months of 2021, it can feel like a desert for so many of us and a wilderness season, or it can feel barren. And we could ask, what is growing here? But I believe the question can be answered with two simple words. You are. You are growing in the desert. I am growing in the desert. God is not wasting this season that we are going through, and he didn't waste it for David. See, in our desert experiences, he can find us, and he can choose us, and he can anoint us, and he can appoint us for destiny. That's exactly what's about to happen for David. See, a desert is a preparation place, and you are seen there. Maybe you feel like you're in a desert. Don't don't believe for one second that you have been abandoned there. David arrives on the scene as the battle lines are drawn up. And just as he has done every other day, here comes Goliath shouting his usual defiance. But today is not the usual because it is David's now David moment. In verses 25 and 26, David asks, who is this uncircumcised Philistine who would come out here and defy the armies of the Lord. Those around him tell him who Goliath is, and they tell him that a great reward is in store for whoever can defeat Goliath. David's older brother overhears him asking, and he basically scolds him and says, who do you think you are coming out here? You're just a sheep tender. You have no business being on the battle lines. And it's obvious this isn't the first time that David has been treated this way because he says, what what have I done now? I can't even speak. I can't even say anything. I can't even try to, to add some value to this situation that has been going on day after day. You know, I imagine these words stung for David. This is obviously a family pattern where David has felt overlooked and devalued. And maybe you have felt the sting of that rejection, or even if someone hasn't said it, just the feeling that you don't belong here. See, that's the voice of the enemy that tells us that. God always has a place for us at the table. You have value to the kingdom of God. And when you choose to say, I will take my position, I'm not going to listen to opposition around me or the threats in front of me. I am going to be obedient to what the Lord has called me to do. Then great favor and blessing will follow your life. Well, once his brother mocks him for even asking if he could be of help, he turns to someone else. And that's a word for someone today. You need to turn to someone else. Don't keep looking for approval or for acknowledgement for someone who's not going to support you, who's not going to validate the call of God on your life. If God has called you to something and he's going to equip you for something, turn to someone else and say, how can I be of value? I want to see the name of the Lord lifted up. I don't want to sit here and listen to the name of God being defiled and, and slung through the mud every single day. I want to put myself in position to take the battle lines and to Fight for the cause of who Christ is in me. And that's exactly what the word is that gets to Saul. Hey, there's this kid here, someone who feels like he could take out Goliath. So Saul invites him. He invites David into his own quarters there as king. And he takes one look at him. He's like, are you kidding me? This is a kid. There's no way that he could do anything and be successful. But David says, listen, I have been tending my father's sheep. Basically, he's saying, I've been trained 
all my life for this moment. This is my now David moment. This is my moment to move from desert to destiny. He said, while I've been keeping my father's sheep, I have had to protect them from a lion, from a bear. Listen, guys, I've been in Africa where lions are, and I cannot imagine putting myself between a sheep and a lion and fighting off a lion, fighting off a bear. But that's exactly what David has done. And those were his training grounds for now this very public battle that he's about to have with Goliath. David isn't the least bit intimidated. And he says in verse 37, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. There is no hesitation. So Saul says to David, okay, go and the Lord be with you. And then here's a very critical piece of information in verse 38. It says, then Saul dressed David in his own armor, his own tunic, He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. And he says these words, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in his pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, approached the Philistine. There's so much in this story that I love, but these might be my favorite verses in the whole chapter. I love the fact that David is bold enough, courageous enough, trusting enough in who he is in God and who God is in him to say, I cannot go out there in this armor that I have never worn. You know, we are not going to be victorious dressed in Saul's armor. We're not going to be victorious putting on what the world tells us to put on or clothing ourselves in the narrative of the world instead of the narrative of the word of God in our life. You're not going to be victorious looking at the person next to you and judging your value by them, wondering if you could walk in their anointing or in their call or or why it looks like they're walking in greater favor. Listen, just be who God has called you to be. Go out in the anointing and the purpose and the call. We don't have to be less than. We don't have to be greater than. We don't have to shrink. We don't have to try to be more. We just have to be who God wants us to be. The world will try to dress us every single day. But God says, listen, clothe yourself with who I am. He didn't even just tell Saul. He just did it. He took his staff. He chose five smooth stones. He put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag and he walks out with impossible odds against Goliath. Listen, if this last year has taught us anything, it is that God is stripping down all of the trappings of our culture, our crutches, all the places that we put our dependency on something other than God. And he is boiling all of that down to our raw anointing, our raw dependency on who God is. And that is what this story is a picture of is David in his childlike faith and utter dependence on God. And he's saying to us, go in the anointing that I have given you, not in man's strength, not in man's wisdom. Don't let the world dress you. What should we be dressed in? Not in Goliath's armor, not in Saul's armor, but David's armor is our armor. Ephesians 6 tells us what that is. 
Ephesians says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the full armor. That means dress yourself in the full, whole armor of God so that you can take your stand. Not this time against a human enemy, not Goliath in the flesh, but still very much an enemy. Not only the enemy of our souls, who's, who is Satan, the, our adversary, who, who roams around like a lion, trying to devour us, trying to deceive us. He knows nothing else but to deceive. But but I want to ask you, what Goliath is standing in front of you? What Goliath are you facing? What spiritual battle are you facing right, right now? What opposition is just as real in front of you? Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's disappointment. Whatever it is, we have weapons against it. We are not powerless against the enemy that we are facing today. Well, what are our weapons? What is the armor that we are supposed to be dressed in? Well, it tells us in Ephesians 6, it says, put on the belt of truth. This is the word of God against the lies of the enemy. Buckle that belt tight. Get the truth of who God is and his word in your heart, not the lies that the enemy wants us to believe about ourselves or about God or about his purpose over us. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. This goes over our heart and our emotions. This protects and guards our heart against our wounded places, against hardened places in us, against places where our emotions would lead us astray. God says, listen, righteousness will guard you, will help you to do the right thing. It says to dress your feet with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. That's something that is in very high demand right now and seems to be in very short supply because people do not have peace. But we are offered peace from God. And he says, clothe yourself with the readiness that comes from peace. You could be ready at a moment's notice to do what he calls you to do when you have peace. Take up the shield of faith. And with that, we're holding that. That is the word of God again. Then we can fight off all the fiery darts of the enemy. Put on the helmet of salvation, not some heavy, clunky armor that Goliath is wearing. And yes, it would be, who wouldn't want to go out in a, in a bronze helmet and protect the most vulnerable of places, your head and your heart. I mean, who wouldn't want to reach for that armor and say, thank you, Saul, for this, for this heavy, you know, fully loaded armor that I have on, but no, not David. David says, I cannot go in this. I've never worn it. I will not be victorious. I have to go out in the armor that God has put on me. Yes, it might look like on the outside that I'm vulnerable and that my my head is exposed, my heart is exposed, but I am very much protected. David is wearing the helmet of salvation. And it says in Ephesians 6, pray in the and fast, pray in the spirit, pray on all occasions and dig into the word of God and, and trust who God is in you and whatever battle lines you find yourself in right this moment. I love what Colossians 3 verses 12 through 14 tells us about being dressed for the battle that we are facing today. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Listen, that's you. You are dearly loved by the God who created you. Do we see ourselves that way? We have to stop right there and say, do I see myself worthy of being dressed for battle by the creator of the universe who loves me, who wants me to be victorious? It it goes on to say in Colossians, because you're holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, 
with humility, with gentleness and patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another, just as the Lord forgave you. And then over all of these virtues, put on love. And and that is going to keep us in unity with each other. That is going to help you to be victorious no matter what battle you are facing. So now that we know how we're supposed to be dressed for battle, let's go back to our story and look at verse 45. David says to the Philistines, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin. There again, we have the world's weapons. David acknowledges, I see your weapons. I know what you're coming against me with. Listen, we have to keep our eyes open, our ears open. We have to be aware of what is coming against us. Don't be naive to the way the enemy is trying to come against you. So David calls it out. I see you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord will hand you over to me and I will strike you down and cut off your head. Today, I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds of the air and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in heaven. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Guys, this is David's declaration of his destiny. He prophetically says, let me just tell you how this is going to go down. I am going to take this giant out. I am not intimidated. I stand on the side of God and the battle is the Lord's and he is going to fight for me and he is going to give me victory. And the death of Goliath is the birth of David's destiny. But it really began in the desert. That's what I want to tell you. That's what I want you to see today in this story. Where are you right now? Maybe you are in a desert season and maybe you're looking around and saying, nothing is growing here. What could possibly be growing in the desert? But listen, you are growing in the desert. I want to ask you, who is dressing you? What are you being dressed with? Who's speaking into your life? Who are you listening to? Maybe you need to turn away and listen to someone else because your destiny is awaiting. Maybe it's delayed, but it is not derailed. God has destiny and purpose and plan for you. So does the enemy. He very much has a plan for you, but God's plan will come to pass in your life if you continue to trust him and put him first. And you know what happened? Everything took place exactly as David said. He went on to be king of the Israelites. He went on to be, the the Bible describes, as a man after God's own heart. But not right away. He had many more battles and he had many more challenges. You know what happened after he took down Goliath? He went right back to the desert. He went right back to tending sheep. Yes, his destiny had already started, but he was not seeing the fulfillment of it yet. It's not a one and done to destiny. It's a process. It's a commitment that we have to make. It's a pattern to say, Holy Spirit, I'm going to let you work in my life. I'm going to stay humble. I'm going to keep trusting you and obeying you and putting myself in a position of dependency on you each and every single day. We have to let him work in our lives and produce his character in us. See, when you know who you are in Christ, then you know your enemy clearly. You can trust in God. 
You can depend on him to defend you and to honor you just like he did for David. I don't know what desert you find yourself in right now. I don't know what enemy is standing in front of you. I don't know what threats are being breathed out against you. I don't know who is devaluing you or who has maybe made you feel that you don't belong, but I know that God is fighting for you. And I know that he has a destiny and a plan for your life. And I know that if we will stay positioned under his covering, listening to the voice of God, letting him dress us instead of the world, letting ourselves be clothed in his armor, in, in our mind, in our heart, with truth, not listening to what the enemy wants to say over us. We will be victorious in battle. You can move from desert to destiny, just like Jesus, just like Esther, just like Ruth, just like Abraham, just like Moses, just like Elijah, and today, just like David. You can be a person after God's own heart. And you know what? God is after our heart. He wants it fully. He wants it totally devoted. He wants us to trust him no matter what we're going through. I want to pray for you today and I want to pray that whatever places maybe a vulnerability you feel are being exposed today, trust that God is protecting you and guarding you. When you fight for the name of the Lord, he will fight for you. God, we thank you that we can trust you. I just pray right now, Lord, that we would just lay down any armor that we have picked up and accumulated with, with insecurity or with comparison or with fear any crutches that you want to move away, that you want to strip away, God, that you would just bring us back down to our raw anointing, our place of true dependency and desperation, dependent on you. God, we trust you. We love you. We honor you. I pray for anyone who's listening who maybe feels devalued. Someone has made them feel like they don't belong or they look at what's in front of them. and They just don't even think they can possibly do what's being asked of them. God, I just pray that you give us the boldness that you gave David, that you would grow us in our desert places so that when it is time for us to take our position on the battle line, God, that we're ready because we have, we have proven our, our value to you in those tough places in the desert. Thank you, Lord, that nothing is wasted, whatever we might be going through, Lord. And I just speak life and blessing and peace and wholeness over every person who hears this today, that you would continue to move us from desert to destiny. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining our conversation. Season two is sponsored in part by Worley Dahlberg Yao PLLC. You can learn more about this award-winning law firm at lawfirmvirginia.com. I'd love to stay connected, so be sure to visit angeladenadio.com for books, free goodies, and opportunities to feature your ministry or business as a sponsor. Find me on Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV and Instagram at Angela Donatio, where we do podcast giveaways each month. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at iTunes, cpnshows.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, let's make life matter.